We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 50, with me, Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle, the show where we learn every week from a leader who's making a difference, how to become better and improve our schools. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. You can find great resources and the show notes at transformativeprinciple.com. Here it is, episode 50. It's pretty amazing to me to think that I've been doing this for a year. I started December 1st, 2013, and here it is, just about December 1st, and I have learned so much from interviewing these 29 educational leaders. Two of them have been teachers, there's been one superintendent, and I've learned immensely from every single one of them. I am just amazed every day that I get to do this. It's so much fun to me. I get off these interviews and I am super giddy and my wife just rolls her eyes and smiles because she knows that I'm doing something that I love and that it is so much fun to me. I wanted to uh, take this time to talk a little bit about what this podcast means to me really quickly. I've said it before and I said it to my guests numerous times, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to be the best principal that I can be And then I'm hoping that by sharing it with you, you can be the best principal that you can be. You know, I don't have all the answers. I know my guests don't have all the answers, and they'd be the first ones to tell you that they don't. But if we think about things and we hear how other people are doing things, I believe that we can find ways to adapt what they're doing and make it work for us. That's what I've been trying to do in my position as an assistant principal when I started and as a principal now where I'm at. You know, I'm not perfect, and uh, and I'm trying my best to do the best that I can to help my teachers, and, and, and that's why I'm doing this again. What I would really like to have from you, if I can be so bold as to ask, is if you would let me know who you're interested 
in having be part of the podcast. Who who is it that you know that is uh, an amazing principal that you think I should interview? I've I've interviewed a lot of really well known principals who who have a lot of followers on Twitter and who are doing amazing things and being very public about it. And I've interviewed some leaders who are not very into Twitter at all or into social media at all, and they are doing some amazing things as well. There's something great in most leaders, and I want to draw that out and find out what we can do to to help share that goodness with everyone. If you can let me know, go to transformativeprinciple.com. Give me a recommendation of who you think I should interview. I would love to be able to to find some new people who are who you think are amazing. Believe me, I've got a huge list of people that I'm working on because I'm so impressed by so many principles every single day. Also, please follow me on Twitter. And uh, over the last year, this podcast has has reached a lot of people and there have been a lot of downloads and a lot of people have listened to it. And that's really meaningful to me because I know that it's impacting leaders all around the country and the world, probably. Um, if you can do me a favor and go into iTunes and rate uh, this podcast, that would be great. This is a, a very niche podcast and I'm never going to get hundreds of thousands of downloads and I'm totally fine with that. What I do want is to reach as many principles as possible. And when a principal learns about podcasts or or starts wanting to be interested in podcasts, I hope that they can find this and learn some really great things from it. So please leave a rating in Stitcher or in iTunes. And then finally, uh, connect with me on Twitter. Send me recommendations of who to ask and what kinds of questions you want to hear more about so that I can make this as beneficial for you as possible. This interview that is today, my assistant superintendent is doing a webinar on the Marzano framework for teacher observation, and that's what we're using, and I, so far, am really enjoying it. I think there's a lot of power in it, and it gives me a way to collect data over the course of the whole year. My assistant principal and I have done over 300 observations so far, and that's been a lot, and we've been able to give a lot of really good feedback, been able to refine our craft better over the last couple months. And what's amazing is that we've been able to get in the classroom so much, and that's awesome. And we can see what's happening, and then we can actually keep data to help our teachers see how they're progressing, what areas they, they need to work on, and where they're already strong. And that's been a lot of fun. This is kind of a deep conversation that's going to assume some level of knowledge of the Marzano framework. So if you're not using that, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can get some more information about that. If you are using it, I hope that this will be beneficial. This is one part of a webinar um, that is an eight-part webinar. So it was it's a drop in the bucket. It's just a little bit of what we're doing in our district and at my school in particular, where she was asking me questions rather than me being the one asking questions. Hopefully this is enjoyable. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Pleasure for me uh, this evening to introduce Jethro Jones. Jethro is um, our new principal at Kodiak Middle School. We have been very excited to welcome him into uh, the work here in the district and the work that he's doing with teachers. 
And um, I guess I titled the webinar 4.5 because we're kind of doing webinar 4 and 5 at the same time. All so right. I, I kind of did that. So um, Jethro came to us from uh, the great state of Utah, where yep. he had been um, a principal for uh, several years and has transitioned into this work with Marzano. You, uh, what, you had used a different system before, hadn't you, Jethro? Yeah, we used a proprietary system. It was called JPass that the superintendent um, of the district had created. Um, we had about 50, 55 indicators that we needed to observe for every single lesson, and we needed to give feedback on each of those for uh, every single lesson that we observed. And so that was... That didn't have the benefit of having a walkthrough component like this framework does. It was all about the the evaluation that you the observation evaluation mm-hmm. uh, that was thirty minutes long that you tracked all of these many different things on. I, I think that makes me feel really glad <laughs> that Dr. Marzano's framework doesn't expect a, a teacher to be doing all of these elements at the same time mm-hmm. that wouldn't just wouldn't be realistic nor does it expect us as observers to to kind of take all that information in that would be that would be pretty heavy yeah. so has this been an adjustment for you well it's it's been an adjustment to not feel so stressed to look for so many different things so i can focus on just a couple of um and now I forgot the word for them. Domains. Elements. Elements, thank mm-hmm. you. They were called indicators in my old place. So mm-hmm. look at the elements and be able to just look at a couple and spend my time focusing on those and mm-hmm. giving really good feedback to teachers about those rather than um, looking at a whole bunch. And the real stress was that if you had a zero in something like reviewing content as a teacher, you felt like you were doing something wrong when really you don't have to review content every every part of every single mm-hmm. lesson, you review it when it's appropriate. And Mar- the, this framework allows us to to look at what's important when it's happening rather than rate everything regardless of whether or not it should be happening. Yeah. To me, this is kind of exciting because it speaks to the fact that with this new model of, of, of teacher effectiveness and, and educator effectiveness that, that is part of the transformative measures of ESEA, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarity in the models. Mm-hmm. And we're at a point in the profession where we know what good practice is. And we can define it a little differently, but we're kind of going after the same thing. In fact, we were, as we were talking a little bit, you said there are like some elements that, that you had really focused on before. So it's mm-hmm. really helped you in, in implementing this one. Right. So what I feel like I have now is a, is a framework for addressing the particular issues that I believe are most important. So for example, managing response rates is is really important because that gets to how engaged students are and it, it speaks to their engagement during the lesson. And if kids are constantly answering and they don't have an opportunity to be off task or do what they shouldn't be doing, then that is really great teaching in it. And it allows the teacher also to be assessing for understanding a lot more often and know whether or not the students are actually getting what she's trying to teach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having that experience of knowing what managing response rates looks like and being able to just drop into this um, framework and being able to talk about that with teachers without having to learn a bunch of new things, but knowing what good teaching is and, and paying attention to that, is, it makes it a lot more exciting to me knowing that I can step in and provide good feedback to teachers 
right away and have it be aligned with our protocol mm-hmm. for evaluation as well. Yeah, that's that's something that that um, that is is in DQ five, which we had had spoken about. But again, as as we'd spoken in previous webinars, you know, DQ five is really the gateway to mm-hmm. all to all instruction. So um, as we spend a little bit more time here with domains two, three, and four. So as folks are, are typing and, and we're looking for your responses, I would want to let you know that last year, is, as we started this in Kodiak, um, we really did not address uh, domains two, three, and four uh, last year. But this year, we're finding that it really creates a great balance mm-hmm. to the, the direct observations of domain one. So you talked a little bit about balance and how looking at domains two, three, and four helps balance out some of the observations that mm-hmm. we've been doing. And what we've seen is that um, we can find some areas where teachers are really excelling and yep. and have evidence for that exceptional, those exceptional behaviors and note that and, and give them ratings that are, that are high, that are um, affirming and that help them reinforce the, the positive things that mm-hmm. they've been doing so that so that we can say, you know, maybe you are struggling as a teacher in domain one, but here in domain three, you're identifying areas of pedagogical strength mm-hmm. and weakness, and you're evaluating the effectiveness of individual lessons and units. And so somebody doesn't have to be an excellent teacher to be able to do that. They can be any right. kind of teacher, but they're showing that they're a great teacher by evaluating themselves and reflecting. I think that as we look at domain three, that whole reflecting piece, sometimes I've thought that that was the most difficult one to address, but you were just telling me that one of your brand new teachers is really excelling at that. Yeah, and it's just amazing because um, this teacher has, uh, has some good teaching skills, some good foundations that are there, but as, as far as they show up on, on the observations, uh, it's not they're not showing through as much. What is showing through is that when I go and talk with this teacher, our conversation is about how the teacher can improve. And the teacher is constantly reflecting on how to do better and what areas to improve in and what what they can do to to be the best teacher mm-hmm. for the students. And so it's easy to, to see that they are constantly evaluating the effectiveness of themselves and always reflecting on what they're doing. And the the question of have you thought of this I don't need to ask that question because it doesn't matter if they've thought of that or not because I know that eventually they will or they're Mm -hmm. putting things in place to make sure that they they're going to do what needs to be done Mm -hmm. for their students yeah Um, Jethro was telling me about another instance uh, just last week and that was in domain four with the professionalism piece where um, some of his teachers were working together and um, somebody just exhibited outstanding professionalism. Yeah, and, and what's amazing is that it's, it's easy to be negative and to focus on um, negative interactions with families or with, with other teachers. And so the um, collegiality and professionalism, promoting a positive environment, um, promoting positive interactions with colleagues, a teacher was able to take a conversation that was starting to turn negative and they turned it around and made it very positive and focused on great outcomes and focused on what was best for kids. And there were valid concerns that the other teacher was doing. Um, but the one teacher was going in a negative 
route and this other teacher turned it around and made it into as positive as it could be without taking away those issues that are very real concerns. Mm -hmm. So they were able to bring up concerns in a very positive way and to treat their colleagues with respect, not throw anyone under the bus, all those kinds of things. And it was really great. Another teacher I saw um, had, uh, we were talking about some new policy that we had in our district and it was, it's a little bit more onerous and it's a little bit more work for teachers and they weren't really feeling super jazzed about it Mm -hmm. to put it nicely (laughs) and and this teacher said you know this is the this is the policy this is the procedure we need to follow it this is how i'm following it perhaps you can follow it in the same way that i am and that will make your life easier Mm -hmm. or maybe it won't but here's a suggestion to help you do better and it was it was pretty amazing to see how that conversation changed when this teacher said we're going to follow the procedure it's not going to be easy, but we're going to do it, and here are some strategies to help make it happen. That's a great, that's a great example of teacher leadership and, and an opportunity to give somebody strong scores in Domain 4. Now, I have to tell you, um, you're, you're talking about two sides of a coin here, and I see that as a really great opportunity to give somebody a strong score. I think if I had another teacher in that same situation that I, I might want to do some coaching mm-hmm. before I would I would give any kind of of lower score on that because this is an opportunity kind of based thing where you you're giving these scores which is which is a wonderful thing. Um, you know, as we talk about evidence and that's the slide that I have up here, to me domains two, three and four are really times that you do notice evidence in context of the work that's going on. And then when we talk about providing artifacts one of the really uh, great things that, that happened at the, at the beginning of the year, we dropped this little practice on you that I think was kind of new for you, and yes. that was the idea of, of reviewing lesson plans for teachers um, because we believe that, that as part of the professional responsibility, we want, to, we want to examine those lesson plans. And what did you, Jethro was like, what am I <laughs> going to do with these lesson plans? Well, I, we... In my previous schools, we'd never had to turn in lesson plans as a teacher and never had to collect them as an administrator. And I just didn't know what to do. And it seemed very overwhelming to me, um, not to mention it seemed like a hoop to jump through and busy work. And I didn't want that to be the the effect for my teachers. If they're going to turn in lesson plans, I want them to be meaningful and for them mm-hmm. to receive some benefit from that. So my assistant principal and I created a lesson plan template which highlighted each of the areas in domain two. It made sure there was something in there about effective scaffolding of information and then all those things going down the list. Mm -hmm. Then what we were able to do is we're able to meet with each teacher and talk about their lesson plans and go through the the observation for for the planning and preparing um, domain. And they were then able to see what it was that we were looking at. And then they could create lesson plans that met these needs here so that it was benefiting them in a in a positive way and we we did that one in the first quarter and our plan is to randomly choose teachers lesson plans to review each quarter to give Mm -hmm. them a rating in eye observation and and the the intended purpose of that is not to find bad lesson plans and punish them and say you got to do this right but the intent is to make sure that what the actions that they're doing, excuse me, are actually contributing and standing as evidence 
for the great things um, that they're doing and for good ratings um, mm -hmm. in here if they're if they're qualifying for it. So if a teacher is not doing one of these things, so if they're not addressing the needs of English yeah. language learners, we're going to address that and we're going to talk about that. But it doesn't have to be punitive and it doesn't have to be a punishment for them. And Pam, I see your request to share that template, and I'm thinking that I can wrangle that out of Jethro and and you we sure can, can share that. So that that would be great. Um, and and I think that that kind of work, as we as somebody plans around um, all of those elements in Domain Two, certainly that's going to be reflected back in Domain One when they implement all of that. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting today too. We had uh, we had professional development here in, um, in in Kodiak, and we talked, we had Sandra Meredith and Hella Belhaja Moore um, working with us on SLOs and, and that whole student learning data piece. And um, one of the teachers at today said, well, what about the work that's not academic work that we know is important? What about, and this was a high school teacher who said, what about when I work with that student who is having, I know they're having a substance abuse problem. Academics is not their focus. You know, how am I going, where, where is that in the framework? And mm -hmm. we, had, we had kind of a cool conversation about that. And yeah yeah so it's in it's in a couple of places um number one it is on um domain dq9 communicating high expectations for all students and dq8 establishing and maintaining effective relationships with students those things you can see and i was just in a teacher's classroom last week who was um she was joking with the kids about they were sweating because they were working so hard in class and there was this running gag that she had with them that she was teasing all the kids about whether or not they were sweating. And is that um, using verbal and nonverbal behaviors to indicate affection for students? It absolutely is. And it was a beautiful way for her to show her kids that she cared about them. She was paying attention how hard they were working. And she, she wanted them to do their best, right? So then um, demonstrating value and respect for low expectancy students, number 39, that talks about being able to really get low expectancy students to be a successful part of mm -hmm. your class. And it's not about just telling them that you care about them. It's about still requiring a high level of work from them, but also mm -hmm. establishing a relationship with them so that they know that you care about them and that you want them to be successful. That ties into then the, the lesson planning where mm -hmm. they, um, on number 49, the needs of students who lack support for schooling, that then is a place where they can, in their lesson plans, talk about how they are going to help those specific kids and have that as part of their intentional planning for their classroom. That allows them to meet those kids at their level right. and impact them in a way that they may not have been able to otherwise if they weren't planning to mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. So that high school teacher today who asked that question, he's doing all those things. And one of the complaints we've heard is that all the great things teachers do don't show up in this. And I'd argue that we can probably find a place for just about everything yeah. that a teacher does. And then it, it becomes our responsibility as administrators to be able to recognize that, to find it, to comment on it, and to, and to rate teachers on those things, even when uh, they're not typical classroom behaviors. I keep going back to that beginning statement that, that we've made about the complexity of teaching. I mean, mm -hmm. this is incredibly complex work. 
Now, the third point on my, my little slide here talks about collecting documentation over time and, and this providing artifacts. I think I would want to encourage teachers to always provide that evidence too. Um, if, if I'm a teacher, and in fact, there, there were times that I was a teacher and I would, I would hand things to my administrators, um, and that was quite a while ago, but um, you know, you, you can do that. That's a good thing to, mm -hmm. to let your administrators know what's going on or to sit down and review that, that with them. That becomes a, a great opportunity. Um, I, my encouragement would be for teachers not to see that as another thing that you have to do but it's actually just a healthy practice. Mm -hmm. You're already doing the work. I, I wouldn't need for that to be cleaned up into a publish ready format for me to submit something to my exactly. administrator. And I, there are a couple teachers I know that have reflection notebooks where they reflect at the end of each day about what, wow. what, what happened in their class. And that's, that's powerful, you know, when a teacher mm -hmm. is reflecting on that, as, as Jerry left that comment in the chat room about, uh, about mm -hmm. asking teachers to reflect on lesson plans, you know, that's how we get get teachers to really make some some powerful changes by reflecting. And so, you know, teachers have that, but then I also have emails and, and notes the teachers send to me or to each other that I that I find out about. And I just I take those and I, I can copy and paste those right into the comment section mm -hmm. of that um, observation on, on any of these um, elements and then have that evidence there and and I encourage my teachers to to observe them to observe themselves and to rate themselves on these things but then also to um, to keep track of those things themselves even if they're not rating them so that they can they can provide those at right. the time that's appropriate right. and I, I'm seeing the, the comments in the box here about lesson planning becoming a rote task and and certainly it's it's something that that you have to get done instructionally you have to know where you're headed but there is nothing rote about any of the work that's going on here, um, so that that's kind of, that's just kind of a great opportunity. Um, in in these elements in domains two, three, and four, it's really important to con examine that evidence, to look at the scale, to examine the reflection questions. The same procedures that happen in in the other domains, and then also to consider the desired effect. You know, what is the desired effect of domain two? With the, with the planning and preparing. The, the desired effect I would submit, and this is, this is just the Davidson version, I have to tell you, <laughs> is that, is that you, you are prepared for that instruction and that it is effective with students. You know, in, in reflecting on te teaching, I mean, the desired effect is that you are, in, you are engaged in thoughtful professionalism. And, and that goes into domain four as well. So those are, those are really important things. Can I, can I talk about this real quick? Absolutely. The, the scales um, have been uh, a source of a bit of contention at my school because teachers have felt that a one means that, that I'm not good, right? And, and what the one really means is there's a scale for what defines a one on a given element, right? And... And one of the strategies that I did this year was I asked teachers to rate me on the Marzano leadership framework so they could go in and they could rate me. And one teacher rated me a beginning in one area. And she uh, came up to me afterward and said, that was really hard to do to actually rate you as a beginning because I felt like that would 
make you feel bad or hurt your feelings or make you feel like you weren't being effective. And But then I read the scale and it told me what a <laughs> beginning is. And as I looked at the beginning, developing, applying, I saw that the things that was asking for applying was that the whole school understood this certain um, thing that you, that you were doing as the principal. And, and I think I get that. And I think you have a plan and a vision, but you haven't done a good job of communicating it with the whole staff. And that's what's needed for a two or a three. So you have to be a one because you haven't communicated it. But I'm pretty sure you have it and you've shared enough with me that I have evidence that you do. And that scale, you know, that that takes it away from me personally or from the teacher mm-hmm. personally. And it makes it focused on the desired effect of, of the strategy on the students. And right. it makes it a, not about the teacher. It makes it about whether or not what the teacher is doing is effective, mm-hmm. you know. And so I didn't need to be upset about that teacher rating me a one because she was right, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, um, it was it's an area where I need to grow and improve and continue to learn. And her going through that process was really powerful for her to understand what that um, – what the ratings mean to her when we are following the scale and when we're examining the reflection questions and Mm -hmm. looking at the desired effect and all those kinds of things, that makes it much more effective for her. In fact, she reflected on that to me. She said, I totally understand, or I better understand what happens when you come in and observe me because I had to use a scale to reflect on your practice. So Mm -hmm. that was a great, that was a great move that, that Jethro made with his staff. Also, uh, Jethro, as he is engaged in this work here in Kodiak, um, he is uh, giving you his Twitter account. Boom, at Jethro Jones. Yes. And Jethro also um, has a podcast that you are um, running every week. That's right, every week, yep. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, Transformative Principle, and you can go to transformativeprinciple.com, and I talk to uh, amazing principals all over the country, sometimes some teachers and mm-hmm. sometimes other people in different roles. But it's all about learning how to be the best principal that we can be and do what is best for our teachers and constantly focus on improving ourselves and, and being better. So if you want to learn from some great people, that's a that's an awesome place to go to, mm-hmm. to learn. And I'm just lucky that I get to talk to all these cool people because they're... Well impacting me immensely what a what a great example of your uh, collegiality and professionalism and reflecting on your own practice to reach out and continue to learn like that so uh, that's that's pretty exciting thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast please subscribe in itunes or stitcher And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? 
you need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.